0: I want a hundred billion dollars too. Hey guys, welcome to a bonus episode of making it to market the podcast where we talk about everything related to taking your product or service idea through to commercialization. I am Dahlia. Good morning. Well, we're back again with Amin Singh of Karina's Colfi out of Dallas, Texas. You know, in episode 19, we kind of went through his case study of how he started his business, what he learned whole process of coming into the country as immigrants and starting something from scratch and now has like national distribution. It's insane. I was so excited that he came on the show to share his story. There were a couple conversations we had about brokers and choosing in-house versus outside manufacturing. So I wanted to pull those conversations out to be its own bonus episode. So today's conversation is a continuation of what we talked about as far as how to choose a broker, what to consider when selecting a broker, or even if you need one. So check it out. Welcome back, Amin.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Dahlia.
0: Tell us a little bit about your broker experience. So like, what did you decide to go with a broker just to help free up your time and making those trips or?
1: Yeah. So the thing with brokers are, you know, you're going to hear two different things. Like there's no middle ground. They either hate brokers or you love your brokers. Right. Um, Because uh, it can be a double-edged sword. Right. Right. Um, because these brokers hold on tightly to their relationships and they're not willing to relinquish a lot to you, the the manufacturer or the brand, uh, because that's how they have their leverage. Um, but at the same time, the right broker can really help grow your business. Um, and so just like any relationship, you have to build a trust. You have to have an agreement that you both feel is fair, um, and you just have to make sure that they are, uh, believe in your mission, believe in your vision. Uh, And if they do, then that can be a very fruitful relationship. Um, I think what's important when it comes to establishing a broker relationship is just making sure they're the right fit for you in terms of your size and in terms of your scope. And that may be different at different points in your business, right? So when you're starting out, you probably wanna work with a more specialized broker that focuses on specific, you know, areas of, of the market, you know, like within the grocery market, you've got a spectrum, you've got natural and organic, you've got independence, and then you've got the larger, you know, mainstream retail. And those are all different brokers uh, that handle those areas. And so you want to just make sure you, you find the right fit for the market that you're targeting. Um, and that was kind of a hard lesson for us because it we went through a lot of different types of, broker relationship. But with Costco, we got lucky because these guys were former Costco employees that started their own brokerage. And then they knew and understood that market intimately um, because they were people that saw for dozens of years, what sold and what was working on in those locations, in those stores regionally. And, you know, um, And also globally. And so they, when they started their brokerage, they knew what would work and what wouldn't work in Costco. So that is key because then they know how to pitch it. If they feel your products, a Costco style product or can be, then that's how they, they know how to pitch it. And they also have the relationships with the buyers. They also have the trust of the buyers because they used to be Costco people. So uh, we got lucky with these guys. Um, they represented some other brands who are now big and famous at the time. Um, so we felt confident, you know, that working with them would be a, a good move. Um, and it it has been. So to this day, we still work with these folks and they've awesome. changed the business name a couple of times. I think the original brokerage firm got bought out by a larger entity and then, a couple of the people that worked there split off and then started their own brokerage doing the same thing, you know, mm-hmm. pitching products to Costco. And so we joined with those folks and they've continued to, you know, keep, um, keep us relevant in, in the club channel.
0: So like your advice for selecting brokers, that's pretty, pretty good because that, that these people can make or break you. I mean, they mm-hmm. really can waste your time and waste your resources. Like if somebody is considering working with a broker, like what are some like top, you know, three questions or something that you know, are critical to be asking or, and vetting well, a, vetting a broker? Yeah,
1: sure. So I think with vetting a broker, number one, especially if you're a startup and you're young, you, you want to work on a commission only basis. Uh, and, and a broker that's, you know, good at what they do, they should be okay with that. Because the the philosophy in my mind is, you make money when I make money, right? Mm-hmm. So if if you know I'm not I don't want to I don't want to be dishing out all this money on retainers, mm-hmm. and then there's no promise at the end of the day, right? Oh, you know we'll try again next year, blah, blah blah blah. Well, no, and I'm you get to continue generating income from me, but I'm not I'm not getting any benefit yet, and I don't see that. So, and it's it's hard to do for some brokers, and I can understand that the, being difficult for them to go commission only, but if they know what they're doing and they've got strong relationships and, and they, they know your brand well, and they know, like they, they've got enough experience and confidence that they can sell your product. Um, then that shouldn't be an issue. Is it
0: like 30%? Like what kind of, what's a common? No, no,
1: no. I mean, a a typical brokerage fee, anywhere from like three to 5% Mm -hmm. um, is what we've experienced. And so that I think is fair. Um, in, in depending on like volume of business, it, it can be that three to five range varies, right? So um, I guess the larger the larger the revenue, sometimes you can negotiate a lower commission rate. And if it's a smaller revenue, you can they go for the higher end of the five percent. So those are some things that you have to just negotiate when you establish the first contact and start talking. But just make sure you have a very, you know, make sure that the the term sheet that you guys sign is 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 beneficial to both of you. It's not one-sided, um, you know, in terms of like, you know, terminating the the relationship, make sure it's a reasonable amount of time, you know, make sure there's the proper um, kind of communication methods in place in terms of those, uh, of mo- uh, maintaining and terminating a relationship. So you just got to look at all of that stuff. And then your broker should just go to bat for you. Like Mm -hmm. they need to, they need to believe in the product. Like you believe in it and be able to pitch it and sell it, you know, uh, for a lot of um, brands, like, you know, you don't have experience in this realm. They, they need to have the experience of how to talk grocery speak and Mm -hmm. retail speak, you know, like in terms of promotions and, and um, marketing and, and like, you know, turns and weekly turns and all this stuff. And they also, a good broker is going to do all the legwork for you in terms of the sales analysis and sales data. A good broker is, is worth their weight in gold when they do all of that legwork for you too. They should be tracking sales. They should be tracking weekly movements if they can, they should be an, analyzing these sales for you and letting you know where, you know, where we need to improve our sales or where we need to do, or like giving you feedback. So, you know, and, and, and there are brokers out there that do that, um, and those are the ones you want to make sure you have strong, good relationships with because they they'll help you build and grow your business. Uh, there are a lot out there that are just they just do the bare minimum and they collect their checks, their retainers, and they don't really get you anywhere. And so they get money out of you for six months and then you move on, right? So there are those type of brokers as well, and and we've we've gone through both types. And so the ones that have really done well for us are the ones that have worked on commission only and really believed in our brand. I mean, they, they really need to show enthusiasm for your brand. Uh, you know, not to, Oh yeah, I can sell this. And this and uh, this will work with this and that you want them to be excited about it. Like you are, you know, we're as entrepreneurs and as founders, but we're, we're excited about our product. We, we legitimately care about it. Like it's our own, you know, living thing, right? Like a baby. Mm-hmm. And, and they need to feel that same way about it. You know, otherwise it's not, it's not going to, it's not going to ultimately work.
0: So if you, if you're making a decision to use a broker, is it really just to get into the big box stores? Like who would pick, why would you select a broker? Like what other than the advantages you just listed? once you have that relationship, but when do you know it's the right time to seek one out?
1: That depends on the entrepreneur. You know, if, if there's an entrepreneur that is more inclined for a, um, um, the sales side of things and you probably may not need a broker if you're good at sales and that's your forte as a entrepreneur then you by all means go out and establish these relationships yourself and and cuz you you're the best person to sell your your brand and your product um, but if that's not who you are, if you're more of an operational person, if you're somebody that's more administrative and operational talent versus a salesperson, and that likes to go be people forward, then maybe a broker is a better solution for you because they there be the sales guy, they'll be the face of your company. And maybe you do the initial meeting as a founder and tell them the story. And then after that, they just take over that relationship. Once you they made the introduction to you, right. As the founder. Uh, because these brands and retailers want to know the founder, they like that story. They like talk. They don't like talking to brokers as much as they like talking to founders. But if the founder is not strong in in uh, being, you know, face forward or people forward, then that's where probably a broker would be very helpful, is because they can do that. Plus, also the brokers have the established relationships. They represent multiple brands. They call right. on these buyers you know, uh, yearly, monthly, weekly. And so they, they're familiar face. So they're, you know, if the good broker will have good trust relationship Mm -hmm. with the retail buyer that if they say, Hey man, I, I represent this new brand. I think they're really good. The, if the buyer trusts that broker and likes that broker, then they'll, they'll listen Mm-hmm. Now you're not just some random person that's trying to pitch a product. Exactly. You're, 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 you're coming through a channel that's trusted.
0: Did you have to use a broker to get in with HEB or did you go direct?
1: Um, I have kind of a, uh, I've got somebody that's kind of our part-time sales director uh-huh. and we use them to go to pitch to HEB. So we did go through someone, uh, but they are with our company, so to speak. Uh, so they represent us as kind of a broker slash sales director, I would say. Um, so that is who, how we got kind of attached to HEB and, and working with HEB.
0: To learn more about Amin Singh and his business, check him out on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and their website, Karinas.com. Hope you like today's bonus. Hey, check out episode number 21, where we talk with Amin again about his advice on whether to do in-house manufacturing or outsource.